Hello again and welcome back to another episode of the What You Want with me, Sean Luke Webb. That's right, make some noise. Clap it up wherever you are. We're back again on this Tuesday afternoon. We got a lot to cover. It's Boxing Day, that's right. We're going to cover the world of boxing. We're going to step into the ring as we got a lot to talk about, including um, um, Teofimo Lopez and his controversial win against Sandor Martin and the questions that come along with that, as well as now we're anyway, his dominant performance against Paul Butler to earn the undisputed bantamweight championship first time in history and what that does for his legacy not only in the immediate but also what he's going to do moving forward with his career and whether it's actually attainable we're going to get into what exactly that is as we get on in the show but again thank you so much for listening and watching if you're on youtube again comment on the video subscribe to the channel like the video, and please share the channel with everybody that you know so we can build this empire like it needs to be. Also, remember, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and every major podcasting platform. You can listen to me in four or upwards, or, or at minimum, four different ways. At maximum, I think it's like seven or eight. We're on a bunch of other uh, podcasting platforms as well. So you can listen to me, I believe, upwards of eight times over at the same time. Ain't it great? Ain't it good? I think it is. I don't think I get I, I think I got a pretty entertaining demeanor that, <laughs> that you would love to hear in surround sound on eight different speakers uh, I think you'll thoroughly enjoy it and if not you'll go insane to my voice and that don't sound too bad either in my, in my estimation but again I appreciate all of you for listening watching and joining in on this empire, on this community of the Welch Report. And we're going to jump right into it right now. Because it's time to step into the ring. That's right. Ring the bell. Let's get it started. With round one coming underway. We're going to talk about TV Lopez. And what the world is going on in boxing. Again, again, again. We run into a situation where a fighter who shouldn't have won got the nod all because of what? Politics. I keep hating this every single time. I love this sport. I cherish this sport. I've thrown myself into this sport, and I can't get enough of this sport called boxing. But every single time, we seem to be on an upward trend. Something goes wrong, either outside the ring or inside the ring, that causes everything and the progress that the sport made to fall apart all over again. Teofimo Lopez fought Sandor Martin on his way back to earning a title shot in the division. However, what happens? Sandor Martin loses with scorecards of 95-93 Sandor, 96-93 Lopez, and 97-92 Lopez for a, what was, I believe, a majority decision. That is absolutely ridiculous if you watch the fight. If you didn't watch the fight, let me explain it to you exactly what happened in layman's terms. It's very simple. Tiffany Lopez coming off of a, or well, again, on his campaign trail to get back to championship status. Brother went in the ring and got outclassed from about round four on. It was just like that. He came out was you know using his power, using his speed, trying to hit Martin. Caught him a couple times, but boom, nothing major hit. The biggest thing that hit was actually a clash of heads that cut Martin and almost I believe broke or fractured his nose, which is trying to do a phenomenal job of of, of recovering 
and 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 doing again their work as cornermen and cutmen. Great job, phenomenal job, one of the best jobs this year. But he goes out and after round three, boom, just dominates the entire fight. Oh, by the way, round two, Sandor knocked down Teofimo Lopez with a left hook. Excuse me, a right hook because he's a southpaw with the right hook in the corner. Didn't hurt him, but again, was a legitimate knockdown. Should have had a second knockdown as well, but that got counted as more so pushing, even though if you go and watch the replay of the second knockdown that happened, I believe around, around, around what, 7 through 10, around that time, it was, again, another check right hook that caught TFM off guard and complete follow-through, at least from my vantage point, that should have been scored another knockdown. That probably would have been enough to give him the deserved nod that he actually should have gotten. That he actually should have gotten. And so he outboxed him the entire night, scored what should have been two knockdowns, only got counted for one, was slipping punches on a consistent basis, constantly using movement, head movement, feints, angles, and TFM Lopez had no answer. Had no answer. The entire night, consistently, it was, Teofim was throwing and missing, throwing and missing. Yes, he, by concubine's numbers, he did have more punches landed, sure. But he also threw nearly 400, and he only landed 91. Sandor threw 240, about 240, about 240, 250 punches, landed 77, 36% versus... 24% 24% from Teofimo Lopez. 91 punches landed from Lopez to 71 punches landed for Martin. But Martin's work was efficient, tight, effective, clean. Didn't need volume because it was all deliberate and precise. And constantly was countering on a consistent basis. Every time Teofimo Lopez tried to come in with his one shot or or slight flurries on the ropes, slip, 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 boom, boom, get out the way. Boom, lean, counter with the jab, slip, counter with the jab, slip, counter with the one-two. Sometimes, excuse me, southpaw, counter with the one-two. It, it, was, it, was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful boxing from Sandor Martin. That should have gotten him the, the W. He should be. He, he, he should be 41. He should have 41 wins on his record. Not 40. He, he, he should be one step closer to a title. Not Teofimo Lopez. That should not be the case. It should not be the case. Absolutely not. Lopez was looked uncomfortable. Incredibly uncomfortable. And the reason being that he looked so very uncomfortable could be two things. One, as Devin Haney pointed out, as he tweeted uh, early or at the end of the fight, that Teofimo Lopez has never been the same since Cambosos. In his words, Devin Haney's words, Cambosos ruined Teofimo Lopez. He's never been the same. To a degree, that's true. I'm not going to say that he ruined him. No, he did not ruin Teofimo Lopez. But what he did do is shake his confidence severely. And that's dangerous for any type of boxer. Cambosos and Teofimo Lopez, when they face off against each other, 
still have been a powerhouse, a juggernaut, somebody that had all the intangibles and as well as all the tangibles, which were speed, power, instincts, IQ, natural IQ, something that at a level that many people have to, again, work to really try to hone and train. Not saying Teofimo didn't work, but you just saw it in the ring that it came naturally. Yes, he did have some flaws. Yes, he did have things that he needed to fix absolutely in his career and still does. But you saw what the potential of him as a, again, top contender to legitimate champion could be. And he won the championship as well. Mind you, he beat Vasily Lomachenko when Lomachenko was deemed as the untouchable, the matrix to everybody in the division. Many people had, a lot of people had him as one of the best in the world. Not me, but I had him top three. And Vasily Lomachenko deserved that nod because of his ability, because of how quickly he became champion. Now, dominantly, he would beat anybody that came his way. He just couldn't be figured out. Teofimo Lopez did that. Now, whether you want to use to, um, um, Lomachenko's shoulder injury as a legitimate problem, okay, cool. You can use that as a catalyst. At the same time, though, Teofimo Lopez won rounds one through six, and then rounds seven through 12, it looked like Lo, uh, um, Loma was the Loma of old, shoulder injury or not. So at that point, I would say it was more so Loma didn't... It, didn't get aggressive as early as he should have gotten because by the time round six and seven, excuse me, round six came about, round seven came about halfway through the fight is when he turned it on. Teofimo had already won, won rounds one through five or excuse me, one through six. So by the time he did turn on the gas pedal and he won every round up until round 12 from that point on, then what happened? Well, round ten, round twelve, anybody's grab. Who's whoever's going to be the aggressor wins this fight. And Teofimo Lopez became the aggressor. Just use his outright power and the fear of getting caught against Loma, and use his speed and just work rate and just a relentless attack to earn the nod and win the fight and win the championship. Boom. But it was the utmost confidence that you saw from Lopez. From the moment he turned pro up, up until that point, utmost confidence. Wasn't until Cambosos put him down in round one that all of a sudden things changed. All of a sudden, now, after that fight, he's, he, 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 camp's been quieter. Dad's been quieter. He's been quieter. And a lot of things internally seem to, 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 to not be where they used to be. Again, in this fight with Martin, physicals were still there. Speed was still there. Power was still there. But he lost the fight because of the fact, again, on one hand, he does not seem as confident as he used to be. You see visibly the desperation. In the past, against Cambosa, you can argue it was a lack of desperation. But now, you see more so, he knew he was getting outboxed. He saw he was getting outboxed. And was almost like, oh gosh, oh no, this, this, this can't be happening. 
almost in disbelief. Not again is the best way to put it into terms. Not again is the way that he was feeling. The whole repeated cycle of, yo, am am, am, am I being beat? Is this it again? What I feel like I got, I, I, I don't even feel that I'm doing enough to win this fight. You see the internally he doesn't, He's not where he once was. And the flip side of that, not only mentally, but in the ring, he wasn't listening to his father. He wasn't. He was not listening to his father at all. Say what you want about his dad. Say what you want about his dad. There's a lot to say. Trust me. There's a lot to say. But his father, up until this point, had been giving him great advice. This fight was giving him great advice as well. Use the jab more consistently. Stop letting him track him out the corner. Cut off the ring. Stop letting him be able to escape. Once you see that he's trying to get somewhere, you cut him off. Force him back into a position where he's either right in front of you, right back where you want him to be in the corner. Lead him to where you want him to go rather than letting him just consistently be able to move, hop around the ring and fight from the outside and using his slick style. That's what he was trying to get him to do. And Tio never did it. Never did it. He was going, shoot, he got, ESPN kept on reporting as the fight was going on. His pops was giving him advice consistently, telling him what to do. Every time he came back into the corner, they kept yelling at him saying, why in the world aren't you doing what I'm telling you to do? His father was telling him, why in the world aren't you doing what I'm telling you to do? Consistently. The entire fight. And it's almost like the reason why he didn't listen is because of the fact that he doesn't believe in his father as much as he used to. Now, that seems like a big statement. In a large stretch. Sure, one loss and all of a sudden everything's out the window in terms of respect for your coach. I'm not saying it's out the window, but I am saying it's when Mark Kriegel, who works, again, one of the reports for ESPN, a writer who hung around the camp a ton, a ton, during uh, leading up to this fight. He's been in there multiple times beforehand in other fights as Teofimo Lopez was an up-and-comer. He himself was saying, after the Cambosos loss, the aura and the atmosphere around the ring and the relationship between dad and, and son, trainer and, and fighter, is different. It's not the same. It's not the same at all. All of a sudden, per his report, Mark Kriegel, Teofimo, or excuse me, Teofimo's dad, who is his coach, has lost the balance of power in the camp. When it comes to Teofimo Lopez, he's not the end-all, be-all anymore. No longer is it his word, his Bible, in terms of what to do in the ring, in the eyes of Teo, in the eyes of the wider camp. Now, it seems like some everything he's saying isn't hitting and getting on Teo and getting internalized by Teo in order for him to actually succeed. And that can be due to what the loss, the loss of Cambosos, or rather the loss from Cambosos, affected everything that we're seeing up to now. Regardless of what you want to say about the, the gym, 
videos that he puts out, workout pictures that he takes, training videos that he lets go to the media, regardless of any of that. Internally, there is a different atmosphere amongst that camp in, 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 in the Lopez family. It's, it's, it's the truth. And you can see it by his lack of response. And then you go to what happened after the fight, once he got the decision. Again, after him saying, doing the, the typical bravado, saying, oh, I got, you know, I got matched up with a runner, even though it wasn't a runner. I got matched up with a runner who didn't want to fight. Now we can't move on and get somebody to actually will step into the ring. Again, saying that to cover that, to cover up the fact that he just got cleanly outboxed by a slick moving fighter who wasn't letting him connect, wasn't standing in front of him because it'd be stupid to do that against somebody like Teo. Again, Sandor admitted that when Teo did land, it did hurt. And so what did he do? Do the successful tactic, or what should have been successful, of constant movement and constantly having T.O. have to track him and have to cut off the ring, which he wasn't able to do, and have to hit a moving target that knows what's coming. And T.O. couldn't do that. Woefully, he got the nod. Woefully, he won. It should be Lopez in the loss column. Two losses on his record. Not Martin having a loss on his record. But he got, but T.O. goes press afterwards with ESPN interview, goes out and says, again, got matched up with the runner. Now I can fight somebody that actually wants to fight. Blah, 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 all the vibrato, all the vibrato of somebody who won, and typically what he's been doing. Then goes out, says he wants Camboso, says he wants Haney, says he, all that stuff. The typical stuff of who he wants to fight next. Said he'll fight Regis Progress. Then... Off mic, or rather, not in the immediate broadcast. Camera gets put on him, and you see him say the words, do I still got it? After the cameras, seemingly after he thought the cameras were off of him, and after all the press was slowly trickling out the ring, looks at his trainer and says, do I still got it? That's what they, Timothy Bradley said this, and it's so true on the on the broadcast. That's one of the realest things that he could have said. That's the best thing that he could have said for himself. Does he still have it? Questioning his ability. Now, normally you would say no. That's absolutely ridiculous. You don't want somebody questioning how good they are. And to that I say, yes, you do. The reason why is because now it showed to the world. One, he knows he didn't win that fight. He knows that he didn't deserve the nod. And he knows he got outboxed wholeheartedly. And he knows now that he's getting ready to slip into a like a, a plateau of where he can of where he can actually be in this world of boxing at this point in time. At his best, he can beat Loma. But right now, he's not fighting at his best. Right now, he took a loss, and right now, he's hit a wall. A major wall. The wall of progression. That wall of progression is a wall that many fighters hit when they get faced with adversity. When they feel that they should be farther along at this stage in their career than they are, especially when they get tested by an opponent that they feel shouldn't be 
tested or lose against an opponent in the field that he should have just walked through. This is where though that that seed of doubt comes into play, whether it's in themselves or whether it's against their coach and trainers or whether it's both. And right now it's both for Tio. Not only does he has he lost some confidence in himself, questioning his own abilities, but he's also now questioning: Does the man that got me here still able to take me where I need to go, or? Is it now that his word has only been gospel up until now? And he's it's time to find somebody else. Now, I think he should stay with his dad because his dad knows what he's doing. I think and I know and you should know that Teofimo Lopez still has it in terms of as a fighter. Everything in terms of what he is as a boxer is there. It's just since the fight. Now he's reliant on certain things that are not what's going to win him a championship again. And he's, to some degree, thrown away certain aspects of his game that were incredibly successful in the past that would make fights like these a lot more manageable. Again, Sandor is an all-world fighter. He's an all-world fighter. This man deserves to be at the top in terms of, of, of contenders for a championship. Absolutely. This isn't some cupcake that he fought. This is, a, this is a legitimate title contender. This is a man who beat Mikey Garcia. This is a cat who knows what he's doing. This style has worked against former champions. Good former champions at that. Teofimo now sees that change needs to happen, but he doesn't know what the change is because he feels that he's done everything he needs to do to be successful and that fights like against Sandor shouldn't be something that's happening. Again, against an opponent that he feels is so far below his skill level. That should be, oh, I catch him and he's done. That's how he felt. That's how, that's how he felt it should have been. That's how he felt it should have been. Heisman night, a night that he consistently fights on and consistently consistently has had highlight reel knockouts, highlight reel performances. He feels like this should have been the same case again. But he has to not only regain faith in himself and the talent that he does have inside him, not only regain faith in his pops, who, again, if he had listened to his pops, probably would have won the fight in a more convincing fashion rather than having a very close fight that while I feel is or should have gone to Sandor, you can argue it should have gone for Lopez. Absolutely. The only problem is the 97-92 scorecard just shows blatantly that it's a, that it's, it's a robbery. Blatantly. 96-93, fine. 95-93, completely fine. Those scores acceptable. That last one is what makes it all seem like he's protected by Bob Arum. Why it makes it seem like that he cannot win on his own merit in some people's eyes. That's what that does. That's what those types of scorecards do to people. That's what he does to the reputation of him as a fighter. Despite knowing what he can do, he himself 
is getting held back by the promotion that he's fighting under. And the person he's fighting under, Bob Arum. But again, outside of that, he has the talent. He has the ability. He needs just, he's got to regain the absolute confidence and have the ability not only to listen to his coach again and just go, you are a instrument of destruction from the from an instrument of destruction per the instruction of your coach. Get back to that mindset. And finally become adaptable. You kept trying the same things and the same tactics, and they were not working. Couple that with the fact that the same defensive scheme that you were having as a boxer was consistently not working for you in this fight as well, and you didn't do anything to fix it. Why do you think Sando was able to constantly land with the lead right out of Southpaw? Because of the fact that you keep having your guard down on that side. You keep your left hand down on a consistent basis. And when you come in, you duck your head a lot of times. More often than I would like somebody to do. So you couple that with somebody that has legitimate speed, is a slick boxer who wants to counterpunch, and can time you, and that lead left hand is down on a consistent basis, well, it's going to come in with the right hook every single time, like Sandor did. Because that side of your head is always open. Hence, it's just a target waiting to be hit. It doesn't matter when you get out of position. Which, with the way you were trying to hit him, and the way you were trying to attack Sandor, was more often than not. Hence, tee off and move, counter and move, pot shot and move. That's all he did. That's all he needed to do. Because you did not understand the pattern that he, and, and the tactics that he was consistently having success with. You have to become adaptable as a fighter. It happened against Kimbosos when you didn't adapt, and it happened against Sandor when you didn't adapt. Kimbosos was the outright aggressor initiating the fight and throwing combinations while you were only throwing one punch. And against Sandor, constantly having your guard down on your left side, which is something you should have had fixed coming into the pros by like your fifth fight. It shouldn't still be happening now. It should not. And couple that with consistently being countered because you're lunging in. Not having the discipline. That do run into the same problem. When you get into one mode of attack or one mode of game plan, Lopez has not had the ability since Cambosos, seemingly, to be able to adapt to what a fighter's doing if they're successful. That's the problem. You can win, but physical talent isn't going to be enough. And you all of a sudden not wanting to do what your coach is telling you to do isn't going to help either. All of those things are leading to why Lopez is, 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 is having a lot of concern. A lot of concern. Because now... Even your own hometown crowd was booing you. New York was booing you. That's supposed to be your spot. This is supposed to be your night. They were booing you. They were booing their decision. 
there weren't any big name cheers. No crescendos of, 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 of glee and hooray. None of that. It was a lull for the majority of the fight because they were uneasy. Young fans were uneasy because they saw that you were getting beat. And they know you got beat by the, by the way they reacted when the decision got called and you got called the winner. They, they even boxing fans, you can say a lot of things about them. You really can. But one thing that they're not is stupid. They'll fanboy the kingdom come. But boy, when they feel that you lost, not robbed, but when they feel that you lost and you're their favorite fighter, they'll let you know. They will let you know. They won't let you off the hook. They won't. Because then they won't, they won't even be able to, 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 to be loud. Because everybody around them knows that they got beat. They will be vocal in that, hey, this brother, he didn't do enough. He didn't. And Tiafimo Lopez did not do enough. Now comes the fight of Regis Pograce, which he got called, which he called out. Who most likely will be his next fight. That most likely will be his next fight. Regis Pograce. And Regis Pograce against Lo- this Lopez is going to knock him out. Yes, he will. This Regis Pograce will knock him out. Because he's got more power than Cambosos, more speed than Cambosos. Is slick similar to Martin. Has a slick style similar to Sandor. Is willing to move and will also stay in the pocket and just evade all your punches. And then come back with an attack. And this man will get aggressive. The one reason why we can say Sandor lost this fight definitively is because he wasn't aggressive enough. With the way he was connecting at a high percentage, if he had just thrown more and looked to attack more off of counter opportunities instead of just slipping and keeping the distance and doing, again, beautiful boxing, but not doing enough offense to make the judges sway their opinion, even though he did win the rounds. Make it so, okay, yeah, he, he, out, he was landing consistently as well at a, at a more um, measured in constant pace, oh, he would have won that fight. That's the one thing you can say about Sandor. You can't say that about Progress. Progress is going to do that in spades. Progress will absolutely be willing to do that. He'll be more than able to do that. He, 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 he will invite the fight. His brother will slip and then attack and throw a four-punch combination. That's what he'll do. And he's got enough power to do cumulative, oh Lord, I don't know why I'm struggling with that. Oh Lord, cumulative, cumulative, cumulative constant damage. Because he won't throw just pot shots and move. This man was willing to go for the kill if necessary. And when he sees that he's landing on you, and when he sees he's got an anger on you, he will take it. No hesitation. Oh, he'll, he'll look to hurt you. That's the one thing Sandor didn't do. It's the only thing Sandor didn't do. We just have a more constant attack. Progress has can do the majority of the stuff that Sandor can do. And it's quick enough to catch Teal. And if Teal got knocked down from Sandor off balance, you better believe that Progress can do all that and more against Teal Fimo Lopez. 
If he got knocked down twice against Sandor just off of timing alone. If he got knocked down twice off of timing. From a puncher that doesn't have all that much power. Paul Grace with legitimate pop can put him down. It will put him down. Unless he fixes these issues. Because again, physically, T.O.'s more intimidating than Regis. But in the grand scheme of things right now, with the way that they fight, matchup-wise, it's hard-pressed for me to say that progress won't beat Teofimo Lopez. Because it ain't going to be that you'll, that you'll be landing more power shots even though he's missing Lord knows how many to get that one to land or get them two, get them one or two to land. Progress ain't going to have that problem. You miss a bunch of shots against Progress trying to attack and you got potholes in defense. Oh, he will not only outpoint you, he will hurt you. He will hurt you. He will hurt you. Best believe he will hurt you. It might not be pretty. That's what Teofimo Lopez better fix. This man better fix his defense. This man better become adaptable. And he better start listening to his coach as well as gaining more confidence in himself. Because if he does not, and he looks to keep on uh, regaining the takeover mon- moniker, or in this case, the take back, as his camp puts it, he had better fix all of those things. Because boxing is a is a ruthless sport, not just in the ring, but also outside of the ring. One loss and you're on the fritz, even if you're a golden goose. Two losses really can hurt somebody's legacy, especially this early on in their career, like Teofimo Lopez. If you ain't got 20, 30 wins under your belt and you lose twice, for many people, that's a death sentence. Even then, that's a death sentence. Even then. But this early in his career, even with the success of being a unified champion, beating Lomachenko, that boxing is a fickle sport. People will forget in a heartbeat. People will forget in a heartbeat. Forget all about it. Forget all about it. They'll see that what you are now, oh, this brother ain't nothing. Against this level of competition, when he faced against them twice on a world level, brother can't get it done. He cannot get it done. That's what Teofimo Lopez is looking down the barrel of in terms of his future. He better use this as a wake-up call. And I'm glad. He posted a picture he's back in the gym. He posted a picture he's right back training. Fine. Phenomenal. Cool. Are you going to listen to your coach? And are you going to work to regain the confidence that you once had when you were going on that knockout tear? When you beat Lomachenko? When you said the takeover is complete and I'm here now? Questioning yourself is not always bad because it gives you a chance to, to prospectively find out why you are where you are, which everybody needs to do. 
especially in boxing. But it can also be the worst thing a boxer can go through because now if your confidence is gone, you don't even look for what you need to fix to change it. You just feel that, oh, this is what I am now. And it shows in the ring. And I don't want that for him. But that's exactly what can happen for him. That's exactly what can happen for him. If he doesn't fix it. If he doesn't get it right. Because, man, I want to see him succeed. I do. Because when he succeeds and big-name boxers are at the top of the game, everybody wins, both the fans and the fighters. Fighters make more money. Fans get the more fights that we want. That's what I want. That doesn't change the fact that it falls on the shoulders of Lopez in this situation. To understand that now that you won a robbery, you were on the other side of a robbery in terms of you were the one that benefited. And you know you lost. And you know people are going to hold it against you. Because of that, now it's up to you to put in the work to make sure that it doesn't happen again. To make sure that you still go off of your name as the reason for why you're able to win. The cachet of, a, of, of, of times past and the hype of your name at this stage in your career cannot be the reason why you're winning fights. Especially close fights that many people say that you lost. Like with the one against Sandor Martin. Because now the mystique may be gone. You may not be able to use your name as the saving grace for, oh, it's Tio. Ah, he did enough to win. Uh, it's not the case no more. Now, you've been exposed by uh, two boxers, outright beaten by one, and then gifted a robbery in many people's eyes to Sandor in a fight that you got outboxed and outclassed it. Really did. And because of that, now we're looking to see or now the judge is going to be looking at you. No longer give you the benefit of the doubt. If you're just throwing a lot of shots. It's not going to be the case anymore. It's not going to be the case anymore. And now you're going to have to actually start earning. Excuse me. Let me not say start. Because he has earned a lot of his wins. Absolutely. But now it's going to come that judges are going to, the judges are going to look for you to earn your win. Rather than just giving you the benefit of the doubt. Now you're running into the all-world stage. Loma, Cambosos, Progress, Martin, bunch of other fighters. All are at all are at the level that you are trying to reach. And if right now you're not there. Right now you're not there. You can get there. But it's up to what you do during this. Next camp. To get both your mind right and your trust in your coach back right. And that chemistry right. So that you can go and succeed again. Because if not. This is a bad look. This was a bad performance. You had a bad performance. I don't think you should have won. And I think the next fight you're going to lose. You've got to prove me wrong though. You've got to prove me wrong. By your mentality and your work ethic. And Ultimately in the ring. Because right now I'm scared that you've hit that progressive wall. Due to the losses from Cambosos and the close decision that you don't even feel that you won 
last weekend or rather this weekend. If you don't fix that, we could be seeing another L on your resume. And now we're going to be in dire straits asking what happened to Tio. We don't want that. I don't want to take over the end. Right now, it's on pause. And for good reason. For very good reason. But moving on for the next topic of the day. Round two. Now we in a way. Dominated. This brother dominated in his performance to gain and earn the bantamweight title. First time it's ever happened. The undisputed, excuse me, not just the bantamweight title, because he was unified bantamweight champion. The undisputed bantamweight title. First time it's ever happened in the history of the weight class. And this man in that fight absolutely, pillar to post, dominated the entire thing. Dominated the entire the entire thing. There was nothing Paul Butler could, nothing Paul Butler could do. Well, I, I like I've heard, I've seen shutouts, but this was just, this was almost ridiculous. It was almost laughable. It was almost laughable. This is a undisputed fight, and now we in a way made it look like sparring. I mean, this man was throwing combinations left, right, and center, power shots, walking Butler down, letting loose combinations that we often, a lot of times, we don't see in boxing. At that fluid of a level, at least today, we don't. We don't. Five, six punch combinations, three times every round. Stalking and walking down your opponent, hands down, slipping punches on a consistent basis, making it look easy. Tight guard and defense. All of it was flawless. Paul Butler wasn't, honestly, wasn't throwing a whole bunch in the fight was in a defensive shell the entire time, looked more content just to be there and earn a paycheck rather than actually look to win. I thought it was, okay, first three rounds, look at, get now in a ways, power, um, tactics, pace, punch speed, angles that he favored using, all of that to try to, okay, develop an offensive game plan as rounds four and on came about. But no, stayed in the defensive shell, and just took punishment. And now anyway, we're just teeing off with everything under the sun. And then got a stoppage in the 11th round. Knocked him out. Finally found the avenue for the shots to land and just, boom, teed off on him. Shot to the body, and then I believe, what, what, what was it? What was it? A left hook, shot to the body, hook to the head that stunned him, and then a flurry of shots. And with a, another shot to the body and head that put him down for good. After we thought it was just going to be a, a a performance where he just dominated, but it went to decision. Nah, found the hole, boom, took it just like that. This man now, in a way, is right now the best in the world. I'm gonna say it, and I'm not ashamed of it. I've had Terence Crawford there the entire time, and he's deservedly been there in my eyes because of his skill set. But right now. This now we in a way, uh, uh-uh. this now in a way is is the best in the world. He is the pound for pound best fighter in the world right now. He I, I he is the best in the world. It's hard pressed for me to change my opinion, but he this performance coupled with the performance of Donito Donaire in both of those fights, uh, uh-uh. he's the best in the world. He has everything 
that you could ask for in a boxer. Elite speed. Pound for pound, one of the hardest punchers in the world. Couple that with the ring IQ that, again, is one of the best in the world. He's got a snappiness to him that you just don't see in many boxers today. An elegance to him as well. Couple that with, with his ability to fight, again, multiple stances, fight in multiple ways, outside, inside, in the mid-range. He can fight as a defensive fighter. He can fight as a counterpuncher. He can fight like he likes to fight as an overall aggressor and stalker. Power in both hands, power in every single type of punch. Couple that with his defensive acumen of not only having a great manipulated high guard and textbook guard, head movement, phenomenal. Footwork, phenomenal. Ability to, to perceive punches, phenomenal. His adaptability on defense, phenomenal. His ability to be safe inside the pocket. His ability to be safe while at a distance. His ability to attack and counterpunch on overcommitting fighters. His ability to be able to find holes in defensive-centric fighters that don't give many opportunities to, for offensive attack. He's got it all. He's got it all. Got it all. Nothing is wasted on this man. Nothing is wasted. Every punch that he throws, and I don't say this about many people, every punch that he throws always connects in some way, shape, form, or fashion on the guard. Why is that so important? Well, that's because of the fact that he's, he never throws a punch where he's out of range. Never overextends, rarely overextends himself to put himself in, rarely puts himself in danger by overextending on a shot. Rarely does that. That's that is instincts. That's instinct. That's both. That's training. Yes, but that's instincts. You know how hard that is. It's no matter what your opponent does, whenever you commit to an attack, they're never out of the way. Couple that with his, with his relentless mindset, just be able to go forth and do damage. This man, monster, is the epitome of what now in a way is. It is the perfect description for who he is as a boxer. The perfect description. No better word describes now in a way. No better word. This man is everything that you want in a champion, and everything you want in a, in, in not only in in a great fighter. He's on his way to becoming an all-time great fighter now that he's unified the bantamweight division. But this is greatness on a scale that, relative to everybody else, he may sit at the top. In the modern day, he may sit at the top because he's got the resume, he's got the dominance, he's got the names, and he's got the skill set, and he's got the various levels of application of that skill set. It's not just that he's winning one way, which, again, isn't bad if you win one way. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is it does take a special fighter to both win in the same fashion 
And it takes another special fighter to be able to win using multiple different ways. Defensively, can beat people on the defensive end. Can beat you to the body. Can beat you to the head. Can beat you with how tight his punches are. Can beat you with just outlaw speed. Can beat you boxing. Can beat you in fighting. Can beat you as the smaller man boxing on the outside. Can win fights with only his jab if he wants to. Can knock you out from any shape, way, or form. Got the stamina to carry his power and ability at a high level throughout the entire fight. Got toughness and got a chin on him, a legitimate chin on him. There's nothing that this man cannot do. There's nothing that this man cannot do. He doesn't overexert himself. Doesn't put himself in a in a dangerous position, un or or or, or in a in an unwilling way. It's it's it's. I've seen holes in other fighters. Terrence Crawford can get too aggressive. L. Spence Jr. can be caught. If you're if you're able to to get his timing, encounter. Tyson Fury, we've seen him knock down before. And if you go to the body, you can potentially have scoring success. People just don't do it. Canelo Alvarez, great head movement, but it becomes too reliant at times, at this stage more often than not, on big power shots instead of setting up combinations. All of that, now in a way, does not do. The only thing against Nawi that you can say is that he doesn't go for the kill more often. Deliberately. What do I mean by that? In terms of, Timothy Bradley said it on the, on, on the broadcast, and it is true. The brother goes and he will do his work and then get back out into a safe range, which is exactly what you should be doing to make sure you can't get counted. Absolutely. But the only thing is that if he stays in the pocket for longer, he can potentially end fights even quicker if he wasn't so defensively committed. If he wasn't so smart with his boxing knowledge and what he needs to be done to have success and keep himself safe, he could end fights a whole lot sooner if he was willing to stay right there instead of doing the right thing. Which is insane. You're not, we're knocking him for doing the right thing. That's not a knock. That's a preference more so than anything. That's a preference more so than anything. So the only thing you can say against now anyway is that he doesn't fight preferably a way that I feel he can be have even more dominant success. That's it. This man is pound for pound. The best in the world. Absolutely. He's the best in the world. I got him one, Crawford two, Usyk three. I'll put I'll put L. Spence four, Canelo Alvarez five, Archer Benavidez six, Tyson Fury seven. 
Archer Benavita, eight. Juan Francisco Estrada, nine. Well, let me make sure. Let me, let me make sure I didn't leave out L. Smith Jr. Wait a minute now. Hold on now. Now we won. Make sure, make sure I'm reading this correctly. Now we won. Terrence Crawford, two. Usyk, three. You know what? We'll flip it. L. Spence, four. Tyson Fury, five. Richie Bebo, six. Juan Estrada, seven. Archie Benavidez of eight. And in nine and ten, you can put who you want. But the point still stands. Head and shoulders above all of that. He is the best in the world. And he could potentially even bolster his legacy even more once he moves up to Superman to wait. If he becomes unified in both divisions, now we're talking about potentially an all-time great in terms of, hey, can this brother be put in the conversation of, of, of top 10? Can he? If he becomes undisputed in this same dominant fashion at Super Banter as he was in Banterweight, lo and behold, if he moves up again, and wins, doesn't even have to become undisputed if he moves up a third time, just wins titles. In this same dominant fashion, brother, we're talking about a special fighter in the making. We're talking about something we've seen very few of in history. We could be seeing a potential, like, great, like, great, great unfolding right in front of us. It's phenomenal what this man can do. And it's scary what this man can do. It's insane what this cat can do. And how every skill set that he has is on an elite top 10 level. Everything. Like I said, reflexes, instinct, power, speed, defense, offense, adaptability, angles. Can manipulate the guard. He can he, he he can fight any way, shape, or form that you want him to fight. And it's effective. This man was doing the Roy Jones chicken pose in a unification fight. In, in, in an undisputed fight. Did that? He did the Roy Jones chicken pose, Ali shuffle, postured right in front of Butler. Had his hands down, walked him down for about three rounds straight without worrying about guarding. It was, it, it was, it was, you, you played with him. It's, you got to be special to get played with in an undisputed fight. With this much historical significance in the division. First time it ever happened. Coupled with the opponent that, that he's fighting. His his ability just to, again, toy with them? Uh, it's, it's, it's stupid. It's stupid in the best way possible. Never seen somebody bored in an undisputed fight. Never. Now, in a way, that's the first time. It's, it's, it's wild. It's wild. It's wild. This man can be that comfortable. 
and that far ahead of the competition. He's able to do stuff like that in the ring. Bolo punches, putting his hands out, putting his hands up, walking himself back into a corner, back to the ropes to get Paul to throw punches. You don't see that from everybody else. You don't see that. Not no undisputed fight. You don't see that. This man is something serious. But it's something special. Keep track on it. If you don't know his name, now he anyway is his name. And he is a monster for a reason. And he is the best boxer in the world. Regardless of anybody else. Better than Terrence. Better than Spence. Better than Usyk. Better than Bevo. Better than Fury. Better than Canelo. Better than Benavida. Better than everybody. Everybody, there is nobody better in boxing right now than him. Nobody. I'm confident. I'll stand by that. I will stand by that. Nobody better. Nobody better than him. I'm excited for it. I can't wait till he moves up. My goodness, that's going to be exciting. Because if his power carries over with his speed and reflexes still, oh, this man could be something serious. This man can be something. Oh, man, he is a monster that I love to watch destroy everything in his path. It's going to be so exciting. I cannot wait to see it. But this has been another episode of The Watch. Well, I've been your host, John LaGuarche. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Uh, we've had so much fun. I've had so much fun on the show with you today. Please remember, like the video, comment your thoughts and your opinions. Subscribe to the channel. And please, please, please. Share with everybody that you know. Also, make sure to give a follow on Spotify, Google Podcasts, L Podcasts, and every major podcast platform. Give us five stars. Rate us high so we can get notarized and get everybody to come out and listen and, and watch us so that we can build this empire together. Well, thank you all so much for listening. This has been, this has been another episode. What the, what, I've been your John Brooks. Peace and love. We out of here.